Welcome. You're listening to Pacific Bible Church Podcast, hosted by Pastor Vern Frank. Okay, so we started a new series five weeks ago titled As in Heaven. And I don't know about you, but I've been getting blessed just by studying it and teaching it. Should I switch over to the mics there, I guess? Okay, I'll switch over. I get so used to using this, you just forget. And I didn't have Karin come up, so. Am I on? Chick, chick. All right, there we go. We'll make a switch. So, we've been talking about getting God's will on earth as in heaven, which, of course, course Jesus said in Matthew 6.10 When the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, he said, pray that thy will be done on earth as in heaven. God God wants his will done on earth as in heaven. That's his desire. That's what he wants. Well, I want to be part of that. Amen. (laughs) I want to be part of that. I want to be part of getting God's will done on earth. We should all want to be part of that. Amen. Amen. So we are part of getting his will done on earth. The body of Christ is here to do God's will. Amen? Are you in the body? Then you are here to do God's will, not your will. Come on now. And we get to be known forever. Come on, forever. We'll be known as people who did God's will on earth. Think of that. Forever. In the books of heaven, we get to be known as people who did God's will on earth. Well, that, that's, that's something, right? Forever, we get to be known as those people. I like that. What a privilege we have, right, to do God's will. We should not take it lightly. We should not just sit on the couch and eat Cheetos. You know, my favorite saying around here. We just don't sit on the couch and eat Cheetos, right? We take God's will very, very serious. It's serious. It's not to be taken lightly. Well, you know, I guess I could do something for the Lord. I guess I don't know. Maybe someday I'll get something done for Jesus. No, no. We should be taking it serious now. Hello? We don't know how long we have on this earth. Now, I don't believe in, in, in early dying. Amen. Because the Bible says with long life, he will satisfy us and show us his salvation. But I don't care if you're 50, you're 40, you're 90, that you only have a few minutes left either way. Because in God's eyes, our life on this earth is this long. That's our life. In God's eyes, as James says, your life is but a vapor. It's here and then it's gone. How long do you see the vapor above the stove? Well, you, it's gone gone. So we got to get serious about doing God's will. And we should count it a great honor to do God's will. Amen? Amen. And we have talked about a few things. I'll just touch on them real quick. We talked about humility being the first key to finding God's will. We got to humble ourselves before the Lord. If we won't bow our knee to God and say, whatever you want is what I want. Well, we've missed it all right there, right? That we missed it all. So that's the first step. Bow our knee to him, say, whatever you want, God, is what I want. And we talked about trusting his will completely. We have to have 100% trust in his will. And how do we know we have 100% trust in his will? Oh, 
ding, 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 ding. Prize for Judah down here, get the prizes out. <laughs> candy bars, youth group, sometimes we do that. Get a candy bar out for Judah. <laughs> we do it. How do we know we trust God's will? We do it. That's the key right there. If you want to know if someone trusts God's will completely, are they doing it? If the Bible says you need to do this and they don't do it, well, they don't trust that part of God's will completely. They don't. You can make all the excuses, right? We can make all the excuses we want to make. But if God says do this and we say, eh, we don't trust him. Hello? We don't trust him. So that is a big key to getting God's will. We got to trust him completely. We talked about inquiring of the Lord for his will, right? We got to ask God for his will. We, we gave the example how David, David said, you know, many times we could go over, he said, you know, many times, but one time specific I talked about was he, he went to God. He said, should I go up to the city uh, of Judah? And, he, and, and, and God said, yes. And David said, which city should I go to? And he said, Hebron. And so David found out by inquiring, he was supposed to go to the cities of Judah. And then he found out which city to go to in Judah. Hello. So we have to inquire of the Lord what he wants us to do. Amen. I've, I've, you know, this is a more of a ministry example, but I've, there's many pastors I've heard throughout the years that say, you know, they came out of Bible school, they didn't know what they were going to do, and they said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And they, they, they sought him in prayer, they prayed in tongues, they sought him in prayer, they sought him in prayer, they sought him in prayer, and God said, go here and start a church. And they did, and they've been blessed. Why? Because they inquired of him and he said, this is what you need to do. If they don't inquire, <laughs> how do we get here? We were in Iowa. How do we get here? Guess what we did? We inquired of the Lord. We inquired of the Lord. Lord, what, what do you have for us? What, what do you want us to do right now? We're willing to do whatever you want us to do. We'll go anywhere you want us to go. We'll stay here forever if you want us to stay here forever. We'll do whatever you want to do. So, Father, we're just asking for your will in this. What do you want us to do? A few weeks later, I woke up speaking the name of this town, name of this church. Miracle of God began to take place. Why? Because we inquired of him. If we don't inquire, ooh, come on now. We're going to miss out on a lot. We got to inquire. If we want his will, amen. Last week, we talked about wisdom is found in God's will. When we find God's will, we found wisdom. And wisdom, as Proverbs says, is the principal thing. We can have all the knowledge in the world, but if we don't know how to apply it, uh-oh. Amen. You, wisdom is being able to apply the knowledge you have. So wisdom is found in God's will. You'll find all kinds of wisdom in his will. You want to be, in fact, we read that scripture. You want to be wise, you find out what God wants. You find wisdom in his will. And we have some wise people in here, don't we? 
Well, you could have said yes louder on that. <laughs> that was you. We have some wise people in here, right? Yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you. Whew. <laughs> All right, let's go back to Romans 12. We'll look at one and two again here, and, and, and by now you should have these almost memorized, right? These are a couple of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. These are amazing. Of course, Romans itself, I've always told my kids, if you're stranded on an island and you can only take one book of the Bible, take Romans. Because it is the constitution of Christianity. It has everything in it. I mean everything. And so if you get lost on the island and you start to forget what Christianity is about, if you got Romans, you're set. <laughs> and if you can only take one chapter, take Romans 8. Now some of you are going to go home and read Romans 8 today, aren't you? All right, let's start Romans 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God or in view of the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Are you a servant of God? I got two yeses. One amen. We'll try that again. Are you a servant of God? Mm, that was better. That was better. He says, "Your reasonable service. We're supposed to be serving the Lord." Amen. And verse two, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and complete or perfect. That that word is in the Greek. I think it translates a little better, complete. Because our perception of perfect is not, is perfect, right? And we don't, we think, how can it be absolutely, how can I get the perfect, perfect will of God? Because I messed up yesterday, you know. How can I, per, well, complete will of God. Get the full plan for your life. Come on now. I want the complete will of God for my life. So we prove it by what? By renewing our minds. We'll get there. We'll get there. We're going. So we should not be conformed to the world system. Right? He says that. Do not be conformed. Be, being conformed to the world is, you want to know something that's not the will of God? That's it right there. <laughs> we should not be conformed to the world system, which goes on around us every day, right? The world system. We aren't supposed to be conformed to that. We're supposed to be conformed to God's ways, to his will. Or actually, transformed is the better word right there. So we're transformed. Being transformed is the will of God, right? We've talked about that word a lot, metamorpho in the Greek. We get metamorphosis. We are metamorphosized. We have a major transformation when we get saved. Or we should, should have a major transformation taking place actually throughout our lives. Amen? We're being transformed. We're being conformed to the image of Christ. Amen? So, we, we have a major transformation to take place, right? A caterpillar to a butterfly, that's major. <laughs> and no one has arrived at Christ-like perfection yet, right? I don't know anybody who's arrived. So that means we still need some transformation. 
We need to be transformed. We aren't supposed to accept immaturity as normal. Come on now. Nowadays, you'll see it. You'll see it all over the place in the world system, right? Even in the church. Oh, it's okay. Uh, uh. No, no. No, no. In schools, they're so weak, right? We should be raising people up to mature them. I've seen it with my own eyes. I'm like, why aren't we teaching them to mature instead of letting them be immature and then praising them for being immature? You don't praise immaturity. Oh, he's preaching now. Watch out. Come on now. We're supposed to be growing up. And that includes in just in our normal life, right? Just in the natural life, we grow up. We become mature. We become adults. And we make decisions. And we make big decisions. And we try and make the best decisions. And of course, as a Christian, we go to God and find out what he wants. <laughs> but in Christ, we're supposed to grow up, right? We grow up in Christ. So a major transformation should be taking place in our lives. We don't accept immaturity, but also we don't condemn immaturity. We say, let's grow up. Amen? We don't condemn it. We don't say you're horrible for being immature. We say, let's grow up. Amen? Let's grow up. Let's grow up. And so the church should be full. That's how you make a disciple. Amen? Disciples are simply people who are growing up in Christ. And they aren't staying at babyhood stage as so many do today. They stay at babyhood stage. They get saved and they stay at babyhood. No, that's not good. We're supposed to be growing up just like we do in the natural. We grow up in the spiritual. So someone who's been saved for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years, come on now, should be able to get up here and, and give a message like nothing. They should be able to go to their neighbor and explain the gospel in full, easily. Amen? If we're not there, well... It's no condemnation. It just means it's time to grow up. Amen? It's time to be mature. It's time to be transformed. Come on. We got to get, or yeah, transformed by the renewing of our mind. Metamorphosized, right? To, to who we're supposed to be in Christ. Because God's given us a lot of things in Christ, but we have to understand it. We have to grow in it. We got to grow up as God wants us to grow up and be the mature believer that we need to be. Amen? Now, we, as we've been saying, if you're going to be conformed or transformed by the renewing of your mind and not conform to the world, you're going to have to go upstream. Right? you got to go upstream because you are going against the ways of the world. And I, I just put it on my, I just put it on my uh, Facebook last night. I think it was last night. This is what's going to happen if, if you want to serve the Lord. Don't you, you're going to, oh, this is, you're going to, going to get a lot of amens on this, right? No. Mark 13, 13. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. 
but he who endures to the end shall be saved. There was a good amen there, yeah. The first part, you're like, mm, hated by all for, 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 for Jesus? I got to be hated by all? That's what he said. Now, I would consider that everybody in the world. Right? Not in the church, because we're the body. We don't hate each other. But the world, the world is going to hate you. If you stand up for Jesus and you say Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, and no man comes to the Father but through him, uh, uh, no, there are many ways to God. You're so narrow-minded. Yes, and saved. Because Jesus said there is a narrow path that leads to life, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And if you want to be on the broad path, you're going to destruction. But I'm taking the narrow path. I'm going upstream against the current. I'm going upstream against the world system. I'm like the salmon going up the stream. I'm, go I'm going up. I'm going up the river. Come on, I'm going. And guess where we end up when we go up the river? We end up at home just like the salmon. And they get back home where they started. Come on now. We get back home where we're supposed to be if we'll keep fighting to go up stream against the world system and not be conformed to the world, come on, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And what are we going to do? What are we going to do when we are transformed by the renewing of our mind? We're going to find his perfect, complete will. Amen. Amen. Ooh, he's preaching now. Watch out. Come on. We get to know the will of God by renewing our minds. And the will of God, as we've been saying, the will of God is supposed to be known by us. Hello? One of the greatest errors there is, in the, even in taught in churches, is that God's will is too mysterious to understand. He's just so mysterious. <laughs> and he's like, he's saying, I gave you the book. It's not mysterious. It's an open book test. It's easy if you just read it and do it. <laughs> Come on. He gave us the Holy Bible. Why? To understand what he wants. To understand who he is. To understand his will. He gave us the Holy Spirit. We just had a move of the Holy Spirit this morning for an hour before, before I started preaching. We had a move of the Holy Spirit to understand his will. God was speaking things out, right? about his will for us right here in this body. Come on. So the Holy Spirit has been given us to us so we can be transformed into the, into the stature, fullness of the stature of Christ, right? And so we grow up into maturity. The Holy Spirit will guide us and lead us into all kinds of things if we'll listen. And then along with that, of course, first place is the word. Because what often will happen is the Holy Spirit speaks to you from the word. He'll tell you, he'll bring things to your remembrance. Just like Jesus said, he said, the Holy Spirit will bring things to your remembrance. How can he bring it to your remembrance if you don't know it, right? He can't bring it to our remembrance if we never knew it. So the Holy Spirit will show up and say, remember what, remember what I said in Matthew eight seventeen. Remember what I said in Ephesians three twenty. Come on. He's going he's gonna to show up and tell you 
what he said, and then you go, oh, yeah, that's right. And then you get a little jig in your step because you remember what he said. And the Holy Spirit brought it to your remembrance. Come on now. And he'll guide you right into his complete will. Hallelujah. Let's, let's go to another scripture. You want to go to another one? Let's look at Psalm 143.10. Psalm 143.10. Teach me to do your will. For you are my God. That's a good prayer, isn't it? Your spirit is good. Ooh, his spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. That's a whole good prayer right there. So we need to ask the Lord to teach us to do his will. Teach me to do your will. Come on, just tell me right now. Father, teach me to do your will. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Amen. So if he teaches us his will, we find out what he wants. I got a good illustration for it. I heard this years ago. I don't think I've ever told it, but it's, it's perfect for this one. I, I, heard a, I heard a minister, he was over at a friend's house, and he said, I was helping them prepare dinner, and they asked me to cut the tomatoes. So I, I started cutting the tomatoes. I don't know how he cut them. But he said, the owner of the house came over and said, that's not how you cut tomatoes. He's like, well, that's how I cut them. He says, that's not how you cut tomatoes in my house. Let me show you how to cut tomatoes. Whatever he did, right? Maybe he cut them thin. Maybe he cut them thick. Maybe he cut them in cubes. And, and the, the guest said, oh, Okay. I'll cut tomatoes how you want me to cut tomatoes. Instead of the way I know how to cut tomatoes, that's fine. So he began to cut the tomatoes like the owner of the house wanted the tomatoes cut. How does God want us to cut the tomatoes? Have he inquired? Have he asked him what he wants? Or did you just start cutting the tomatoes how you wanted them? Come on now. What does he want? Does he want the tomatoes thick? Does he want them thin? Come on. How does he want it? Well, uh, uh, we're supposed to be finding out what he wants. Teach me. What did, the, what did the owner of the house do? He taught him his will. He taught him his will. So... God can step in by his Holy Spirit and you're doing it wrong or I'm doing it wrong or we're doing it wrong and God says, that's not how I want you to do that. Do we go, oh, but this is how I want to do it. This is how I like my tomatoes. And God steps in and he says, but I don't want you to cut tomatoes like that. And we say, but I really like them like this. I like thick tomato. I don't like that thin stuff. And God says, but I want you to cut them thin. Do we follow? Do his teaching? Or do we do it our way? What's the theme song of hell? Come on, sing it with me. I 
did it my way. What's the theme song of heaven? I did it God's way. I cut tomatoes like he wanted them cut. Come on now. You getting this? God wants to lead us into his righteous ways. He wants to teach us the right way. He's not trying to trick us. He's not trying to deceive us. He's not trying to get anything across on us. He's trying to get us into his perfect will. And so many times Christians look at God and say, I don't like it. And God says, miss out then. People think, people think, well, I don't got to do anything. Yeah, you got to do what God says. Yeah. Oh, my, my, my. Thinking of a story here. There was someone here years ago, but I, I told him, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. You want to serve the Lord? This is what you need to do. This is what I need you to do. Would not do it. Would not do it. Would not do it. Would not do it. The other day I see he's asking if anybody can give him a car. He needs a car. He has no car to get to work. I'm like, well, the Lord was leading me to give him a car back when he was here, but he's, he gave up on God. And he missed out. And I have a car sitting in my driveway. They all know that I don't use because it was given to me. You don't want to do what God says, you're going to miss out. I know another story, minister, minister told the story. Well, it was kind of like that one, it was a car. And he was ready to give this car to one of his staff members. And the staff member just kept balking at him and kept, he kept, he's like, he, he wanted to give this car to him. And pretty soon it ended up split, right? The, the guy left. And he, was, he wanted to bless him with this car. He would not do what the boss said. Which, of course, was coming through the pastor. But that was coming from the Lord as the, as the Lord directed the church. And, and the staff member wouldn't even do what, what the pastor wanted. Come on now. And he was about to get blessed with a car. And he left the church. Now, that's a small example, right? That's just a car. But think of all the things we, we might miss out on because we won't do what God said. I, I've said it many times right here from this pulpit. I am not standing here today if I'm not doing what God said to do, to go to Iowa. I don't have this blessing in my life. Hello? I don't get to be blessed here every day of my life. Live on the beach. Have wonderful saints of God to do life with. Amen? I don't get to live in this blessing every day of my life if I don't do what God said to do. Because I checked in with the boss and he said, you're supposed to go to Iowa now. And we had just added on to the house. We just had Judah. Now, how old were you when we left? You were small. 
Were we that old? Okay. Well, I know we, I know we got, it was six. When, I know we got the addition done and Karen was so happy, right? And she was so happy to get that addition done. We had the extra room we needed. We now had three kids. They all had their own space. Well, I don't know if you had your own space yet, did you? You're sharing with Sarah still? <laughs> She's always ended up sharing with Sarah. <laughs> they still share in a room. But that's good. Twins should share. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but we got to do what God said to do. We got to cut the tomatoes like he wants them cut. If we're going to walk into the fullness of the blessing of God, we're going to walk into the complete will of God. Come on. We're going to have to find out what he wants. We're going to have to let him teach us. And when he says, this is what you need to do, we do it. Are we growing up this morning? See? Come on. The word will grow us up if we'll listen to it. A lot of people won't listen to it. A lot of people don't want to hear what God has to say. Even people in church. You tell them, well, this is what God has to say. You're like, they're like, eh, I don't like that. <laughs> and then you just get all confused. <laughs> You're like, wait, so, ah, okay. You don't like what God said. Okay. All right, let's look at 1 Kings 3, 5. You like Solomon? This is, a, this is pretty cool. We're going to just touch on this for a point out of here. 1 Kings 3, 5. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. Glory. And God said, ask, what, I sh what shall I give you? Think of that. God showed up in a dream and said, ask, what shall I give you? Come on. God was ready to bless Solomon big time. Blink check from God. You imagine getting a blink check from God? Here's your blank check. Fill that out however you want it. That's what he says right here. What do you want me to do? That's like the genie in the bottle stuff, right? God showed up like a genie in the bottle and said, what do you want? Solomon's like, but we're going to find out what he wanted, right? Let's look at verse nine. What did he want? Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? Well, he's got a lot of stuff going on there, doesn't he? A lot of good stuff. He says he's a servant. He says he gives, he gives God the credit for his people. Right? They're his people. Amen? You're his people. <laughs> Who's able to judge this great people of yours? And he asked that he may discern. Well, discerning is finding out what God likes. How does he want his tomatoes cut? Discern. Prove, Romans 12 too, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That's distinguishing. Prove it. Distinguish. Distinguish between good and evil. Distinguish. Prove. Come on up. Discerning is distinguishing between what is God's will, what is not God's will, right? What is good, what is evil. Of course, we know God's will is always good. Amen? Evil is always from the enemy. And that's not God's will. But we got to be able to distinguish between those two. And then Solomon 
Solomon's asking that he sees things like God sees them, right? He wants to see the right way. He wants to see the good. He wants to know it's God. He wants to see the evil. He wants to know it's the devil, the enemy. He wants to know the truth. Come on now. A lot of people don't want to know the truth anymore. You tell them the truth and they look at you like you're crazy. You're like, uh, uh, come on. Solomon wanted to know the truth. That's a good prayer to pray right there, right? Come on. And what happens? What happens? We, can, we, we won't go down and read it, but God, you can read it after you know, service. God loved the response of, of Solomon. And what happened? God said, I'm going to give you riches. I'm going to give you honor. I'm going to give you long life because you asked the right way. Right? He didn't ask for the riches. He didn't ask for the honor, he asked to understand what God wanted. He asked to discern between good and evil. And a lot of times, I'll tell you what, it's hard to distinguish without God's help. Have we seen that a lot in the last few years? You better be discerning. <laughs> You better be discerning in these days. Amen. And God wants to show us what is good and what is evil. A lot of times things look good, but they are not. And that has happened a lot over the last few years. There have been things coming that look good. But God says it's evil. Are you listening? How are you going to distinguish that? Ask him how he wants his tomatoes cut. Inquire of the Lord. Find out what he wants. Ask the right thing like Solomon did, right? Woo! Asking to find out what God wants, ooh, that is always a good idea. One thing we definitely don't want to do is what the devil wants, right? Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Let's look at 2 Timothy. Another four hours to go. <laughs> 2 Timothy 2. We'll start in verse 14. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. 15. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. Hymenaeus and Philetus are of this sort, who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Well, we're going to stop there and just touch on a few things real quick here before we go on. So, you want the will of God, right? In this one little passage, we find out all kinds of things that are the will of God. 
The will of God is that we don't strive about words to no profit. That means the will of the devil is that we do strive. Did you catch that? We, we strive about words to no profit. The will of the devil. The will of God is we don't strive about words to no profit. What do you want to do? The will of God or the will of the devil? The will of God is that we rightly divide the word of truth. We're, we're studying the will of God through this whole series, right? And so we're touching on things as we go. The will of the devil is that we wrongly divide the word of truth. What do you want to do? Rightly divide the word of truth. Come on. The will of God is that we shun profane and idle babblings. Don't you love that? The will of the devil is that we participate in profane and idle babblings. You getting this? The will of God is for us to depart from iniquity. Leave it. <laughs> Leave iniquity. Depart, right? And the will of the devil is that we stay in iniquity. We stay in sin. We stay living in sin. We don't come out. We don't leave it. We, we continue in it. What does a lot of the church teach today? Don't worry about your sin. Don't worry about it. You're fine. And it says right there, Depart. Leave it behind. Amen. The will of God is that we do not stray concerning the truth. Hymenaeus and Philetus, right? They strayed concerning the truth. The will of the devil is that we do stray concerning the truth. Come on. If there's one thing, if you've been around here very long, you know we like truth. <laughs> and we should be very concerned about truth. Amen? Many today just accept what they hear as true. Right? They accept the words on the TV. They accept the words in the newspaper as true. That is, it's true. It's true. The paper said it. It's true. Uh... Well, why do you just accept things as true? Come on now. There's one thing you should accept as true. It's right here. Everything else is up for argument. Everything else is up for debate. Everything. Come on now. Some people accept the word of every preacher as true. Well, it's a preacher. He must be right. Ooh, that's dangerous stuff. I mean, that is dangerous stuff. And that'll lead you right into hell. Come on. We should be bold about the truth. Stand up for truth. We have a corner on the truth market. We got it. We got the truth right here. We got the truth. And it's okay to be blunt about those who lie about God. I don't care who they are. Come on now. Oh, man, all these things come to mind when I say that. 
I don't care who they are. It, oh, man. I've heard some pastors say some things, and I'm like, what in the world did you just say? Now, some of them were not open to my input. But I tell you what, woo, it was bad, some bad stuff I've heard, some bad stuff. And I'm like, woo, that is so far off the truth, I don't even, I don't even know how you said that. Well, look at this. I mean, we'll look at it, but I'll, I'll, quote, it. I'll quote what happened because in, in, it happens all over 1 John. If you want to read 1 John, the Apostle John, man, he was a truth man. Woo, you got to love John. And he came against the Gnostics, which was a, a, a false cult of Christianity, in 1 John. And you know what he called the Gnostics? I'll give you a few words he called them. Liars, self-deceived, seducers, false prophets, deniers, antichrists. He called the people this. Children of the devil... And void of truth. Well, Pastor, we just can't accept everything. And, you know, people, you know, they just believe what they want to believe. And, you know, you know, no. If they are liars and antichrist and children of the devil, we can just say that. Come on now. We got to come strongly against lying and, and, and you know, people nowadays, I think so much, I've seen it so much, doctrine, well, you know, doctrine isn't that important. Oh, it's of the highest importance. You know? If you don't have the right doctrine, if you don't know, that means teaching. You don't have the right teaching uh, from the Word of God. It's not rightly divided from the Word of God. I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to get off like Hymenaeus and Philetus. When, when you start hearing from, from preachers that two plus two equals five, you got a, we got a problem. And that's what I'm saying with truth. If it's not truth, it's not truth. And so don't try and make two plus two equal five because it's not. It's never going to equal five. It's four. Just so you know. <laughs> two plus two is four. It'll always be four. And so when you hear two plus two is five, whoo, the red flag should go up. Why? Because we know the truth. And then we're like first John. We're like John the apostle. And we say, wait a second, you are a liar. Oh boy. Are we supposed to stick to the truth, saints? Ooh, we got to stick to the truth. We got to be bold to stick to the truth. And it's going to take some work, but I'll tell you what, it'll be worth it. And you're going to be hated by some, even, even, even eh, Christians around you. Some will hate you if you stick to the truth, but I'll tell you what, it's worth it. Let's go on in verse 20. Oh, I love these verses. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. 
some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, ooh, you can like this, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, what's the latter? What we just talked about. Departing from iniquity. Shunning profane and idle badlings. Rightly dividing the word of the truth. Come on. Not striving about words to no profit. We, we get away from that. Where was that? Cleanse himself, right? you got to get rid of all that. If you cleanse yourself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor. People say, well, God just picks people for honor and some for dishonor. Because of that verse, then they don't clarify it with verse 21. Rightly divide the word of truth. He will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master. Prepared for every good work. Ooh, flee also, also youthful lusts. There's more of the will of God right there, right? That's the will of God. But pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace. There's the will of God. With those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. That's the, word, that's the will of God again for us right there. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle, all, gentle to all, able to teach, patient in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance. We finally got to our word today. <laughs> so that they may know the truth. Is truth important? Oh my. 26. And that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. What did I say? We want to do God's will, not the devil's will. Oh boy. Can people be taken captive by the devil to do his will? Can a Christian be taken captive to do the devil's will? We just read about Hymenaeus and Philetus. Yeah. But we just talked about two that it says they strayed from the truth. And what happened? They overthrew the faith of some. Did you hear that? They messed up a bunch of people with their lies because they were lying. They were not telling the truth. Well, pastor, you know, it doesn't matter that much. You know, you can teach different doctrines and, you know, everybody just, you know, we're all going to get to heaven. This day. Uh, they overthrew the faith of some. Overthrew. What does that mean? They're gone. They, were, they left the faith, which we know in the end times, it says many will leave the faith. Great falling away. Paul prophesied it a long time ago, 2,000 years ago. The great apostasy. So, Hymenaeus and Philetus were part of that, and they didn't, they, 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 they didn't rightly divide the word of truth. So Christians can stray from the truth. Christians can actually go against the will of God. Oh boy. When we have strayed from the truth, we need to repent. 
Oh, man, this would help a lot of people if they'll listen. Amen. When we realize we have not done the will of God, we need to repent. People don't like that word much anymore, but I'll tell you what, it's one of the greatest words there is. Hymenaeus and Philetus should have repented when they found out they were wrong, right? When they found out they were not preaching the truth, they should have repented and God would have had mercy on them. Repentance means you change your thinking, your stinking thinking. <laughs> oh boy. Come on. We, we got to change our minds to find the will of God. What has what our, our main text been the whole time? This ties right into our main text, Romans 12, right? You got to be, you got to renew your mind to find the will of God. You got to repent. You got to change. It's the same thing. You repent, you find the will of God because you changed your stinking thinking, right? We saw we, were stink, we had stinking thinking. We changed it to God's thinking. And so we repent. We repent. And, and, and I'll take it a step further. We are supposed to be consistently repenting. <laughs> well, that doesn't go over big today in these in church nowadays, right? Ooh, consistently repent. I mean, I repented back in 1972. That's when I was born. <laughs> I repented back in 1986. Ooh, no. When we find out from the word, come on, we find out the truth, we repent of what we did think, and what we did believe, and we repent of it, and we change our thinking, and what happens then? We change our action. Depart from iniquity, is that a change in action? You bet it is. I was doing this, this, and this, and that, and this, and this. <laughs> and then I saw that God's will was to depart from iniquity. And so I changed my thinking on that, and now I, I, I'm departing from iniquity. Did you guess that? Come on. We find the will of God. We change our thinking. We change our thinking to line up with God's thinking. And then we change our actions to line up with what God wants. We cut the tomatoes like he wants them cut. Keep coming back tomatoes. Come on. This is a big problem today in the church. Come on. People don't want to change how they cut their tomatoes. And God says, this is how I want you to do it. And they will not repent of their thinking. They will stick to their thinking above all thinking. They say, this is the right thinking. And God says, it's not the right thinking. You have stinking thinking. Get rid of your stinking thinking. Get the right thinking and do things the way I want you to do them. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We, have a, we have a weak God in a lot of the church today. A weak, a weak, frail God. But God is not weak. And God is strong. And God will stand up and say, you're wrong. Change your thinking now. He will do that if he needs to. And if you say, I don't care, he'll go on his way. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story. I told the men at the men's breakfast about my pastor who got saved when he was a laundromat in Camas. And he was a worldly sinner. And he was in the laundromat in Camas and he was hitting on a girl who was a born again Christian. And the, the girl said, when are you going to get saved? And he said, when are you going to go out with me? And, he, and she said, when are you going to get saved? And he said, when are you going to go out with me? 
And she said, when are you going to get saved? And he said, when are you going to go out with me? And God spoke from heaven. First time he ever heard the audible voice of God. And I believe the last time he ever heard the audible voice of God. He said, it's now or never. He told her, I think I'll be getting saved today. You don't think God can talk loud when he needs to? Oh, he can. And he gave my pastor an opportunity to come into salvation. And he said, it's now or never. You believe now or you're gone forever. Right? I'm sure he, he couldn't put all the, all the other things into it. You know, burning hellfire forever. But come on, God is strong. God is not a weak, frail. Jesus is not weak and frail. You think Jesus is showing up with flames in his eyes when he comes to get us. Come on. Flames of fire. He ain't no weakling. Come on now. And he needs to say things. Sometimes he needs to say things and he needs to say them strong to wake someone up. Right? Like my pastor had to be woken up. I think he was 19. Just like I was 19 when I got saved. God woke him up. Wake up! Right? Come on. We got to get rid of our stinking thinking. This whole passage in 2 Timothy is about changing our thinking and changing our actions. Why? So we can be a vessel of honor. A vessel of honor, usable by God. But if we're not willing to change our stinking thinking, then God can't use us. People say, no, God can use anybody. But, come on. God, he said right here, you'll be a vessel of honor. If you do these things, come on. You get on my page, you think like I think, you do what I say, I can use you. All right. Let's go on to Revelation. Then we'll be done. Maybe. <laughs> you just don't know, right? Revelation 3, verse 14. Of course, we know in, in Revelation 2 and 3, Jesus speaks to the, all the churches of the day and, and tells them what he likes and what he doesn't like about what they're doing. So in other words, again, Jesus is not frail and weak. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Woo! That's our Jesus. I know your works. Oh, but Jesus doesn't care about our works. <laughs> I know your works. That you are neither caught, hot, cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then because, you know, one thing interesting about this, I studied a while back, I didn't understand the cold or hot. And they said, I read that the Laodicean was very rich and they had hot water coming to the city and they had cold water coming into the city. That's how rich the city was. So the cold and hot water are very useful. You guys know about that at your house, right? They're very useful, aren't they? <laughs> but the lukewarm, come on. So then because you are lukewarm, Neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Well, I don't like lukewarm coffee. You better, I don't like that lukewarm coffee. I mean, give me a hot coffee or give me an iced coffee. I do not like it lukewarm. I'm, 
Come on. Karen usually brings me a coffee in the morning and it's hot, right? And then if I let it sit there for a while, I'm like, oh, microwave, here we go. Give me some heat on that coffee. I'll vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich. Woo! And white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. Come on. He's telling them, you're not right. You need to get things right. You ain't got it right. You think you got it right, but you don't. And verse 19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. See, he's strong, but he does it with love. Just like when we correct our kids with love, we're saying, no, that's not right. I'm telling you this because I love you. And then a lot of times kids don't like it, right? But we have to do that. We have to do it just like Jesus did it. And we got to tell them the truth. Come on. Because we love them and we don't want them to burn in hell forever. So we say, that is not the right way. I got to rebuke you in this. I got to chasten you in this. And then you need to be zealous and repent. Zealous going back to being hot. For Jesus. Come on. Being not lukewarm. Zealous. Passionate. If we're not passionate for Jesus, we need to repent. This was written to the Laodiceans, right? Jesus said these things. Jesus taught repentance to the church. What did I just say? Uh, we need to live a life of repentance. Hello. Unless you've reached Christ-like perfection. And if you have, you need to get up here right now. We need to pray for you. Come on. I believe this whole passage is prophetic of our current church. We, we, not necessarily this church, but I'm talking the church age we are in right now, I believe is very lukewarm. Lukewarm Christianity is the norm. Right? You go into a church, another church, we won't say any church, we just say a church. You go into a lot of churches, right? And you go in there, and praise starts and you're like, woo, glory to God. Woo. Hallelujah. 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 We give you the highest praise. They're like, who is that guy? What got into him? He acts like he loves Jesus or something. Mm, yeah, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Come on up. Oh, no, no, no. I don't like lukewarm. Jesus does not like lukewarm. Not that we should be disruptive, amen? Don't be disruptive. We've, had, we've actually had to tell some people, you're disrupting the whole service. Right? Because they want to be seen. That's different. You want to be seen? Don't do it. You want to lift some praise to God? Do it. 
And don't do it to be seen by anybody. Come on now. Don't do it for a show. Do it because you love Jesus. Not at all about being seen. It's about, ooh, they're lifting some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you the highest praise. Come on. You join in. You join in the praise. Come on. You join in with what's happening. You join in what the Spirit of God is doing. Just like when we, we started this, woo, this morning. We had a woo. Come on. And you join right in with that, right? You join right in with what the Spirit of God is doing at the moment. You join right in. Come on. And we put on some fire. We let the fire set a fire down in my soul. We used to do it all the time in, in, in youth group back, back in the day. That's been around a long time. But we need to have fire. Be zealous and repent. Come on. If we don't have the zealous, if we don't, that's just one little tiny thing, right? If we don't have the passion and the zeal for the Lord, we got to repent. Amen. Come on. In this day and age, we, we, see, we see all kinds of Christians like doing what they want to do. They don't care what God says. I'm like, why don't you care what God says? Well, that's lukewarm. That's lukewarm. What did, what did Jesus say about the lukewarm? Not what did I say. What did Jesus say? Going to spit out. Ooh, that's a bad category to be in. You know, many, many today, you'll hear it all over the place. Once saved, always saved. Whoo, that is a pathway right to hell. They think they can sin all they want. They could care less what God said. Well, you know, I really like this. I'm going to keep doing this because I like it. Yeah, but God said that's not okay. Yeah, but I like it. You better get on the right track quick. I'm giving you a warning. And this warning is from the word of God. It's not just me talking here. This is the word of God. I'm warning you that if you continue on that track, what did Paul do to the guy who was sleeping with his mother-in-law? He said, if you continue on that track, you're going to be lost forever. So I'm going to turn you over to Satan for the destruction of your flesh so your spirit may be saved for the day of salvation. Same thing. Come on now. If, if a Christian doesn't care what God said, we got a real problem. Because we're supposed to hear what God said and change over to what God said and change our thinking, but then change our action. Just like the tomatoes, we cut the tomatoes like he wants us to cut them. And it doesn't matter what we like. It matters what he likes. Now, he's going to give you, he's going to give you all kinds of room to do what you like. Amen. Now, you better check in. As I've said many times, you check in on the car purchase. You check in on the house purchase. You check in on if you're supposed to go to the grocery store right now. Because he's not trying to lead you into evil. He's trying to lead you into good. So if there's a car you're not supposed to buy, he can tell you not to buy it. If there's a house, I've told my story several times. If there's a house you're not supposed to buy, he'll tell you not to buy it. We didn't buy a house because God said not to buy it. Come on now. What did that take? Ask, and it also took repentance. Why? Why did you have to repent of that? Because we're thinking, this is our house. Here we go. We're buying this house. We're buying this house. Long story. I can't go into all beer. Another four hours, two hours, three hours, whatever. We're going to buy this house. 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 
Some of you know the story. I, I prayed again and I saw a demon on top of the house. I thought I could cast the demon out of the house. Well, good. I'm good with that. I'll cast the demon out of the house. And Karen and I could not get agreement to buy the house. She would like it. I would not like it. She, I would like it. She would not like it. She would like it. I would not like it. Finally, long story short, we realized God is saying, that's not our house. And so what do we do? Oh, we repent of that thinking, God. Because now you said that's not our house. So we are changing our actions and we are not going after that house any longer. That was repentance. People think, well, you, you got to do this. You got to get on your face. Now you can get on your face. Amen. Especially if you've messed up big time, right? Everybody messed up big time? <laughs> you get on your face before God and you repent. Hello. Nothing wrong with that at all. But it doesn't have to be a major thing. It can be something just like that. You want to buy that house? God says, that's not your house. You say, yes, sir, you're right. That is not my house. I repent of that thought. Now, what do you want me to do? Amen? That's repentance. That's transformation. We're supposed to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Come on. Real Christianity. I'm talking real Christianity is filled with repentance. I'm not talking religious Christianity. I'm talking real Christianity is filled with repentance. Real Christianity. Come on. It's filled with transformation. If someone's been saved 40 years, they look the same as they did 40 years ago, spiritually, I'm speaking, right? They talk the same as they did spiritually. They talk the same. They look, no, I'm not talking about the outside looks. I'm just talking, they act the same, right? Everything's the same. I've had, I've had some characters, right, in my life. <laughs> I've had some characters, right? I'm thinking of one guy, I'm like, how long you been saved? Oh, I've been saved 45 years. You still say that? You shouldn't say that. That's really not right at all. Hello? Did he repent? No, he didn't. Well, that tells me either, you know, someone's not born again, they're not actually born again, or they just don't really care and they're immature little baby Christian. What should we say when, when we look at the word of God and we say, this is what God said. Look at this. Depart from iniquity. We don't say, oh, but, uh, you know, I know I'm not supposed to do that, but, you know, God has grace, and, you know, so I'm, I'm okay. No. What do we do? We repent. We find out God's will and we repent. Amen. We don't make light of our sin. Amen? We don't sweep it under the rug. We don't say it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. That's a phrase, right? People say, it's all good. 
Oh, what's another big one people use? No worries. No worries. Um, I, I get that in one sense, but if I tell you, if you continue down that road, you're going to hell, there better be some concern there. Well, no worries. Uh, uh, no, no, let me show you again. Let me show you one more time what God said about that. Oh, no worries. You're not getting this. Let me show you again what God said. Oh, no worries, no worries. Ooh, that stinks. Doesn't it stink? In the nostrils of God, that stinks. No, we repent of our stubbornness. We repent of our rebellion. Why? You, you know what? If we want to live in lies, God will let us. If we want to live in lies, God will completely allow us to live in every lie, every lie. He will let us live in every single lie we hear. If we don't want the truth, come on. If we don't want to hear it, God will say, have it your way. Have it your way. Have it, the grand delusion. Have it your way. You can have what you want. He'll tell you again. He'll tell you again. And he'll tell you again. He'll tell you again. And he'll tell you again. Come on. But if we're not willing to repent and be transformed and change our actions, then we are not caring at all what he says and what he says about cutting the tomatoes, right? We need to be concerned what he wants. If we want to see the truth, guess what's going to happen? God's going to show us the truth. If we want to see it. If we want to see it. Oh, come on. Oh, if we repent, we can see the truth. Ooh, if we repent, we can see the truth. If we want to live in the lie, he'll let us. But if we want to repent, he'll open up the window. He'll let us see his light. He'll let us see his truth. And we can come into the truth and we can walk in the truth and we can truly be free. But if we want to live in the lies, he says, go ahead, live in your lies. Free will of mankind. One of the most amazing things there is. That we can choose to live in a lie or live in the truth. Wow. I tell you what, saints, if we're going to find God's perfect will, that's what we've been to, we're still in the same series. I know it doesn't seem like it. But if we're going to find God's complete perfect will, we are going to have to have a repentant heart. I'm telling you what, when God says no, you say, yes, that's right, God. You're going this way, doesn't matter what it is. You're going this way, and he says no, you say, right, that's right. I, I didn't want that, I didn't want that at all. Come on, as soon as he says it, you repent of that. If he says no, you say, yeah, you're right, you're right. I didn't like that in you. Whatever it is, right? If it's a car, if it's a job, if it's a house, if it's a spouse, whatever he says. If he says, oh man, I said this the other night, or the other day, the other week. I said, you do not marry anyone 
until you know that you know that you know God said it. Woo! You, oh, you want, you want to mess up your life. Woo! You better know God said it. And I don't care who, you know, you've had your eyes on. If you have your eyes on that person, you're like, oh, I'm going to marry them. I'm going to marry them. I'm going to marry them. And God says, no, you're not. You say, that's right. I'm not. That's right. That's right. I'm not marrying them. That's right, God. Come on now. Because he is getting you set up correctly. He is going to get you set up properly because all he wants to do is bless you. All he wants to do is get you on the right path. All he wants to do is send blessing into your life. And if, if we don't do it, if we don't cut the tomatoes like he wants us to cut them, we won't get to that blessed life. We won't get to that complete plan of God. So every time, every time, come on, no matter what, we repent. If God says no, we say, yeah, you're right. I don't know where I am. It's not that late. See, it's not that late at all. I got another hour to go, right? <laughs> Come on. You see this step we're talking about today? Repentant hearts. That's what we're talking about. That's the title. Repentant hearts. We've talked about many steps in defining the will of God. This is a major step. We got to make the change that God wants us to make. Which takes repentance. Because as soon as we find out it's not his will, as soon as we find out he wants his tomatoes cut a different way, we just say, yes, sir. Amen? Amen. We're going to take communion today. Everybody get a cup. If you didn't get a cup, where's Don? He's up there. Don, <laughs> anybody not get a cup? How about that? Lift your hand. Don't see any hands. Okay. So we're good. If you don't know, this is communion 2.0. You got a wafer under the first layer. You got the juice under the second layer. It makes it easy to uh, hand out. Very sanitary. But I want us to take a moment this morning before we take communion. If there's anything today, right? Today or, or maybe during this week or whatever, you, you were talking to God and he said, yeah, you're not supposed to be doing that anymore. Now's the time to say, okay, yes, God, that's right, that's right, I'm not, I'm not supposed to be doing anymore, you're right. And repent. Hello? Now, take it the other way too, right? If anything you are doing, right, you're doing something that is against God's will, repent of it. You're, if, or if you're not doing something you know is God's will, repent of that. Did you catch that? If God said, you need to do this, and you said, but I don't want to. There's repentance needed. Hello? So either way, if there's something that we need to depart from, we depart. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. If there's something we need to depart from, we depart from it. If there's something we need to do, we go to it. And both of them take repentance. Did you hear that? Both of them take repentance. Come on. We're supposed, I'm supposed to do this, but I haven't been. Repent. I'm not supposed to do this, but I have been. Repent. You get that? 
What does that mean? That means you are changing your mind to whatever he has said, and you are going to do what he said. And that is going to take repentance. And it's something that we all need to do very often. I'm so tired of lukewarm Christianity that says I'm good the way I am. You are good in Christ. You have been forgiven in Christ. You are righteousness of God in Christ. But there is still a sanctification process. Sanctification. That isn't talked much about anymore. Sanctification is that process where we grow to be more and more like Christ. Come on now. And that is going to take what we've been talking about all day today, repentance. Because as soon as we see something that we're not lining up with Christ-like perfection, we say, yeah, that's not good. I'm not doing that anymore. Or we realize God said you're supposed to do that. We're not doing it. We say, yes, sir, I'm going to be doing that tomorrow. I'll get right on that. So take a moment. If I can get some keys or music. But take a moment. Will you and God talk to God? If you need to change your mind about something, change your mind. Tell him you're going to do what he said to do, or you're going to depart from what he said to depart from. Just take a moment, you and God. Paige, can I get some keys?
read one more scripture here as I was thinking about it just now. We read Revelation 3 through 19 and said, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. If you go on there, it's quite interesting. It says, verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. That's what we're, we're taking communion right now. Didn't even realize it. it was, thank you, Lord. I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Notice he's talking to Christians here still. And he says, I'm knocking on the door. If you open the door, I'll come in and you can dine with me. Well, to open the door to him, you're opening the door to your life. You're opening the door to everything that he wants, which is repentance of everything that you want that he doesn't want. And then we dine with him. Why, 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 did, why do we take time often before communion to think about any area we need to repent of, any area we need to change our thinking in? Because when we come to Christ, we dine with him, but we don't dine with him with, with iniquity in our lives that we're happy about. We don't dine with him with disobedience in our heart that we're happy about. We don't dine with him with rebellion in our hearts that we're happy about. No. That's not dining with Jesus. We dine with Jesus when we've let him come in. We've let him live in us. We've let him tell us what to do. We've let him lead our lives. We've let him overcome. Every, we let him lead us to overcome everything. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. That means there has to be some overcoming. There has to be some overcoming. Now he will help us overcome, amen? He will help us overcome anything. But we have to let him in. We have to repent of those things we're holding on to that we should not hold on to. We have to let go of the things we should not be holding on to if we're going to overcome. And then we can dine with him. And we get to dine with him forever. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ooh, God is good. I'm telling you, there's some revelation right there. You can meditate on the word over and over again and get new things out of it. It's amazing. So I take it you had some time with God, changed your thinking on some things that you might need to change your thinking on, anything God has spoken to you about. So you can dine with Jesus. Let's read 1 Corinthians 11:23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's give thanks for the broken body of Jesus. Lord Jesus, we thank you 
that you did pay the price for us. You did allow your body to be beaten for us. You did allow the crown of thorns on your head. You did allow your whiskers to be pulled out. You did allow your, you to be nailed to a cross. You allowed your flesh to be whipped and beaten for us so that we would be healed. And we don't take that lightly at all. We thank you for what you did for us. We give you thanks and praise for what you did for us. And we thank you now for your broken body for us that by your stripes, Jesus, as the word says, as your word says, by your stripes, we are healed. So we take this bread as a remembrance of what you've done for us. And we take healing now in the name of Jesus. Let's take the bread together. Thank you, Lord. Let's read in verse 25. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Hallelujah. Let's give thanks for the blood of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you allowed your blood to be poured out for us. Your sinless, spotless blood was poured out so that we would have forgiveness. You were and are the spotless Lamb of God, sinless in every way, tempted in all ways as we are but without sin. So we thank you. You poured out your blood for us. We receive the forgiveness of our sin. We receive the mercy of our great God. And we thank you that your blood has been poured out for us. It is on the mercy seat of heaven forever. And so it will declare forever, the saints of God are forgiven. Ooh. Thank you, Jesus, that we are forgiven because of your blood. Let's take the cup together. Hallelujah. God is good. And all the time, God is good. Well, you know me, I always like to end with a call for salvation. The first step, of course, into salvation is repentance. That is the first step. And you have to change your mind. Right? There has to be a changing of the mind. There has to be a changing of, oh, now I see it. Jesus is king. Jesus is Lord. Jesus did pay the price for me. Jesus did offer salvation to me. Jesus did forgive me through his blood. You have to see that and receive that. And then you repent of your thinking that would have allowed you to try and get into God's presence on your own works or trying to get into God's presence through, through another religion. No, your, your thinking has to change to say Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I've said it around here often, right? If you believe there are many ways to God, you are not saved. You better get saved today. 
Because if you believe there's another way into God's house than Jesus, there, there is no other way. And yes, we are narrow-minded because it is the truth and it is the narrow way that leads to life. And repentance is the first step. When I bowed my knee at the age of 19, I bowed my knee and I repented of my past. I repented of, of living in darkness. I repented of the past and I said, I am yours. And I'll do whatever you want. Come on now. That's repentance. And that needs to be the heart. That is the heart of every born again Christian. So I ask you today, is Jesus your Lord? Have you made him your Lord? Or is he just a good guy that walked this earth? As I've been saying recently a lot, you must be in Christ to go into heaven because he is the only perfect man in heaven. So you got to be in him to get into heaven. There is no other way in. If you're not in Christ, you're not going into heaven. You're not going into God's presence if you're not in Christ. How do you get into Christ? You confess Jesus is Lord. He becomes your Lord instead of the devil. And the reason we're the where, as Jesus said to the Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil. And as Jesus also said, every man must be born again. Every man must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. There is no other option. There is no other choice on the table. There is one choice. Jesus is the way. If you don't like it, you have to suffer with your choice. I'll tell you the best choice to make. We've already talked about Jesus paying the price for us. We've already talked about we're all sinners. Jesus paid the price in his blood. And if you want that, if you want what Jesus did for you, God, I believe on the inside, Jesus is alive. Jesus died for me. Jesus paid the price for me. Jesus is, is seated at the right hand of God right now. And I confess him as Lord. And you'll come out of the kingdom of darkness. I mean, immediately you come out of the kingdom of darkness and you come into the kingdom of his dear son. And it happens that fast. Hallelujah. If that's you today and you say, I don't, I have never done that. I have never confessed Jesus as Lord from my heart. But today I have faith that he is alive, that he paid the price for me. I have faith he is the way, the truth, and the life. I have faith in that. I want to do that right now. Whether you're here, whether you're online, lift a hand to heaven and say, Dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of all sin. I repent of all works of darkness. I want nothing to do with the devil's kingdom. I want on your kingdom, God. And now I know the only way in is through Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So I confess Jesus is Lord. Jesus is my master. Jesus is my savior. Forever I am yours, Jesus. Heavenly Father, teach me your ways. Show me your ways. Show me how you want to cut the tomatoes. I will walk in what you want. I will do what you want me to do. I am yours, completely yours. In Jesus' name I pray.
Amen. Hallelujah. If that was you today and you did that for the first time from your heart, you have become a born-again Christian. If you want to grow up fast, I always tell people, if you want to grow up fast be, and be a fruitful Christian, first of all, be bold for the Lord. Amen. Go ahead and be bold about Jesus. Don't be bashful about Jesus. Put it on your social media. Go to your aunt, go to your uncle, go to your mom, go to your dad and say, I am a born again Christian and Jesus is my Lord. And see what happens. (laughs) Come on, be bold, amen? Be bold. Tell someone about Jesus. Secondly, devour the word of God. If you want to grow up, you're going to have to eat spirit food because this is spirit food. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. You got to eat spirit food if you want to grow up. Thirdly, get involved in an on-fire church. You do not want to be in a lukewarm church. We talked a lot about that today. In these last days, you, you want to be in a church that is full of the spirit. You want to be in a church that will flow with the Holy Ghost. Amen. You need to be part of a on-fire body because the body needs you and you need the body. Fourthly, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit yet, I highly suggest you get on that immediately. It is the will of our Father. Jesus said to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said the believers shall speak in new tongues. Don't let the devil steal that from you. Fifthly, start serving in the body. Don't just be a talker, be a doer. Sixthly, throughout your day, worship and praise and praise as much as possible. Don't forget about God. Talk to God. Worship God. Praise God. We talked a lot about that at the beginning of the service today. It opens up the door into God's presence. So keep talking to Him. Keep thanking Him. Keep praising Him. Open up a a dialogue with God all day long. Amen? And seventh, never forget you belong to Him. And so that's only good, right? That he is your master. He is your God. He will lead you and guide you into the blessing. So he, what he says goes. We talked about a lot today. What he says goes. If he wants you to cut tomatoes in cubes, you cut them in cubes. If he wants to cut you, cut thick slices of tomatoes, you say, yes, sir, I'll cut them thick. If he wants them thin, you cut them thin. Because he is your Lord. Amen. He only wants to lead us in a blessing. Not cursing. He never wants to lead us into a curse. He always wants to bless us. Hallelujah. I got to go back and listen to this all. Oh, before I forget, I want to introduce the baby. Should we just do it right now? You want to come up? Can we bring the baby up? Was gonna do it during Karin's encouragement, but um, that all got changed. Where's Christina at? Autumn. Big sister brought her. And big sister brings her. Baby Autumn. Get get a good shot of the baby. <laughs> get a good shot of the baby for everyone at home. Everybody likes to see babies. What's what's her full name? 
Autumn Ray? Ray. Autumn Ray Miller. We have to show off the baby. <laughs> oh, he's so cute. some of the complications of the previous baby about oh, Lord if it's your will um, I'll do it we'll have another one and he said I got you you're gonna be safe everything will be fine and so all the things that came through with this pregnancy the, the difficulties the the things that could have been um, life-threatening um, the complications thing after another they all resolved like miraculously and so with her afterwards I hemorrhaged and I knew something was wrong but I thought you know he's been faithful we're gonna get through this just fine I'm gonna be safe and I just remember as they're putting me on the operating table afterwards saying thank you Jesus thank you Lord I know we're safe. I know we're fine. Mm -hmm. He's got us. And afterwards, the nurses are just, they were amazed. Like, I can't believe you're even up. I can't believe you're even talking. I can't believe you're walking around. I can't believe. It's like, well, the Lord had us. So, anyway, just, it was just, the, that, the journey of this pregnancy it was been a test of my faith and just growing stronger. And yeah, so, anyway. That's good. Thank you for sharing that. She, yeah, she um, had that word from the Lord and she leaned on it the whole time until, until she's giving birth and she still knows she's safe because she had the word of the Lord on it. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's good. Just kept leaning on him. When she yeah. got his Yeah, we were talking. She, was, she was never afraid. <laughs> have gotten through this like it would have been so scary and I just mm -hmm. it, all that fear was gone mm -hmm. I mean just yeah there were uncertainties but the fear was gone can we pray for it? no I got I got this Heavenly Father we thank you for Autumn we know you brought her into this world for a reason Father you have plans for her great plans for her and we speak life to her health to her throughout her life in Jesus name we ask you now even to fill her with spiritual gifts even now as a baby that she'll grow up learning your ways she'll know your will she'll know what you want her to do with her life and she'll follow that all the way through we call blessings upon her safety upon her and her family we thank you, Father, for speaking to her throughout her life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. <laughs> well, we love the babies, don't we? 
<laughs> They're so cute. It's like, it's like I said a while back, you know, babies don't have a whole lot to offer, but except their cuteness. Otherwise, they're a lot of work. <laughs> All right. We should probably pray. You're probably getting hungry, right? We ha- I-, I don't know. We've had a lot of courses today, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. You're so good. We- we- we're going to do your will. We're going to repent of wrong thinking, wrong actions, whatever we need to do. Father, we ask for the wisdom to do what you want us to do, whatever that is. That we'd follow your will, we'd depart from iniquity, and we'd follow after you fully and complete what you want us to do in this earth. So we're going to turn away from anything that's not you. We're going to turn away, and we're going to follow after you with all of our heart and be zealous for you and repent of things that are not you. We thank you for repentance, Father. We thank you for that word. We thank you for that spiritual blessing that we can repent. And you have mercy, you have grace to pour out upon us as we turn back to you and say, yeah, I want what you want. I don't want that any longer. I want what you want, Father. So we thank you for that, God, today. As we go from here, we know the angels of God are encamped around about us. They bear us up in their hands as we dash our foot against a stone. No evil shall befall us. No plague shall come nigh our dwelling. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. With long life, Father, you said you'd satisfy us and show us your salvation. We go from here blessed, blessed going in, and blessed going out. As we said we would do, Father, we, we turn back. We give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor forever belongs to our great God. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to like this podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find our website at packbible.org. That's P-A-C-B-I-B-L-E dot org. We hope you join us again next week.